This podcast is a presentation of Gateway Fellowship, Paulsville, Washington. Experience community, find hope. Check us out at gatewayfellowship.com. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning, and online campus, good morning to you, too. Thank you for joining us on a beautiful day. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever made this declaration? Maybe you made it this past week or maybe even this morning. You've said this. That doesn't make sense. Anybody? Yeah, maybe, just maybe, you know, if you're married to your spouse, you go like, that doesn't really make sense. You know, what are you trying to talk about? You know, like, I am sure that's never happened, right? Uh, Never. Or maybe there was something um, from your employer. Maybe if you're an uh, employee, there was a directive or there was something that caused you to kind of go like, well, that's weird. That doesn't make sense. Or maybe you heard someone's commentary about the future of the earth and you go like, that doesn't make sense. Have you done that? Or just maybe during these last two years of this crazy pandemic, some of you have said, that doesn't make sense. Anybody? Yeah, probably, probably likely, likely all of us. Or, you know, as we kind of viewed the world through our, our lens, we have really stopped and said, like, that doesn't make sense. What, what's, what, what, what's going on here? We look at a lot of things going on in the world today, and especially from a biblical worldview, and as a follower of Jesus, we, we often come to this place where we go like, that just doesn't make sense. And then we follow up with this, at least I have, God, can't you just do something? Like, right now. And we've even gone so far. I have. Can we just end this right now? Anybody else? Let's just end it. <laughs> Let's just... Because nothing makes sense anymore, so would you just come back again? The series that, that we're launching today, and you're here on launch day. Yeah, yeah. So um, th- is, is really answering the question, how, how does Christianity make sense of the world today? Or as followers of Jesus, with so much going on in, in the world, how do we navigate this world? You know, with all the different thought systems and so on going how do we as a follower of jesus how are we to live in view of this world there is an answer by the way to all the chaos and we've been talking about it we will always talk about it um, and to the questions that we have we're we're not left alone to figure this thing out are you glad for that we are not left alone N.T. Wright, Tom Wright, who is probably one of the foremost theologians in the world today he writes this in his book called broken signposts He suggests that there are features of our world that appear to point to some real and lasting meaning, but in the end, let us down. Did you get that? There are things in the world today that attempt to point us to uh, meaningful things, long-lasting things, but in the end, they let us down. They are broken or lead us in the wrong direction. And if we depend upon them, we will miss our destination. That's a pretty good description, I think, of where the world is today and what we're hearing in the world today. Now, don't answer this because I don't want you to confess this, but how many have ever in your lifetime changed the direction of a sign? You jumped out of your car, or maybe it was night, and you thought, this would be cool, this would be kind of funny, and you kind of twisted that sign so that when someone came up and they thought they were going this way, they actually went the opposite direction. Have you ever? 
I know. So no one's going to admit to that, right? I have never done that. Awkward silence. Okay. Or how many you've come up and, and you have followed a sign that maybe someone has pointed in the wrong direction? Aha. Uh -huh. And what's happened is that you were to, told to go this way and you went that way and you hit a dead end. It was the wrong way to go. Or maybe, maybe it's like going into Ikea. So, whenever Jen says, let's go to Ikea, I always go, oh, of course I want to go to Ikea, because once you get in, right, they have signs on the floor, and if you don't follow the signs, they trap you in the store, you know that. you got to follow the system. And then if you do purchase something, it, it looks so easy by the floor model, right? But if you open up that box... Um, that contains an entire bed, you know, bedroom set in this one little box, you know what that means, right? You better follow the directions because if you don't, you just miss one step, what's going to happen? That thing's going to be completely, completely off. Wright quote, says this, he says, human beings regularly experience the world as a whole as something that ought to make sense. There are several signs, clues, if you like, he writes, of the sort of sense it ought to make. But things don't work out the way they seem to su suggest. In other words, the sign is broken. The world promises so much by telling us how things are going to be. And we just need to follow these broken signs. We just need to follow what we're hearing in the world today. And then everything will be okay. And what we've discovered is that's broken. It's not working out that way. So how do we as followers of Jesus, how do Christians make sense of this world? Right again, when we understand the Christian message, I'll just refer to it as the gospel message, we will see that it does indeed make sense of our world because it helps us understand the world the way it is and to be able to understand how we can contribute fresh sense through our own lives. In other words, in my words, this is how I would say that. When we understand that we are in Christ and our call is to live out the gospel message, we come to know both proper direction and purpose in life. Let me say it this way. Absent of Christ in your life, you will never understand proper direction or purpose in life. Absent of Jesus changing your heart, you will never understand what the meaning of life is. And that's what we're going to be talking about the next number of weeks. So we need to reroute our thinking and our actions. In other words, we need to be thinking differently than what the world thinks, and maybe some of us will have to adjust our thinking just a little bit. So let me give you the seven signposts. So my, part of my job today is just kind of launch this series and let you know where we're going, understanding that all these things, the world points us this way, but the Bible and Jesus points us this way. And so we're going to be talking about what this looks like. We're going to call this broken, and we're going to reroute our thinking, change our thinking, so that we follow Jesus in all that we do. Now, I'm passionate about that because here's what I've discovered, and I know that you have discovered it 
as well. That when we discover the pathway that Jesus has for us, we discover purpose in life. And we discover the fullness and the freshness of life. That's why we are passionate about sharing the gospel message. So here, here are the seven signposts that we're going to be talking about. Number one, justice. We're going to talk about love. You know, that's broken in the world today, isn't it? We're going to talk about spirituality. We're going to talk about beauty. What's the world say about beauty? Right? What direction is it pointing us? What does Jesus do? How does he point us? We're going to talk about freedom. What does true freedom mean? How about truth? I mean, are you hearing a lot about truth today that makes you kind of go like, well, that doesn't make sense. And the reason it doesn't make sense is because it's broken. And then on Resurrection Sunday, we're going to talk about power. Power. And you can't talk about power without talking about the power of the resurrection, of life in Jesus. Don't miss it and invite someone to be with you. So here's the question. Today we're focusing on justice. So everybody say justice. So justice. So what comes to your mind when the word justice is part of your conversation or, or even now? So what was the first thing that popped in your mind when we talked about justice? What is it? Let's think it. Yeah, it's, it's all that, right? Justice. I love crime. I don't love crime. I love, I mean, I like not doing crime, but I, I, love, I love to watch like crime, crime shows and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I don't like what it does, the impact on others. But I don't know, when the criminal is caught and, you know, they're handcuffed, does that just give you this really good feeling? You can say yes. I mean, I go like, yes, you got caught, man. You're going to, justice prevails, right? And, and if, if some crime happens to me, like my wood splitter that I talked to you about weeks ago, I, I got to get rid of that. I got to let that go. Like, there's nothing short. Like, I know what justice looks like, right, if the crime happens to me, and probably you too. Someone keys your car, nothing short of death, right? Let's be honest. Um, but what happens when a, when a crime is solved and justice is done? And if we were to be honest, like, we could probably make this entire list of all the wrongs that you, you have suffered. I mean, you, you've been wronged. We all have been wronged. That's, we're humans. That's, that's life. Or we might be able to list um, the wrongs that we have done to others. There's a universal human longing for things to be made right. So let me define justice for us. What's, what's it look like? What's, what's it mean? Here it is. It's on the screen. Justice is a term used for what is right or as it should be. Justice is one, of, is one of God's attributes. He is a just God. Last week I talked about how we entrust our lives, the circumstances in life that, that we experience to a God who judges justly. He is a just God. To understand justice, we must understand who God is, and we must understand the impact of sin in the world today. We are made in the image of God, and part of our DNA longs for justice to prevail. So that's why we say, that's why we think, like, that doesn't seem right. Somebody do something, right? That, that feels wrong. Part of our DNA is we long for justice to be done. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, in fact, it was part of my 
devotional reading this morning. Let me kind of, kind of, kind of create the context for you for just a moment. Um, most of us know, and maybe you're new to the to the Bible, and so you've never, never heard or never read the story of David and Bathsheba. But you know, David sins with Bathsheba, and we hear that story. You know, Second Samuel what, eight, nine, ten in there, and. But in, tw- in, in chapter 12, something happens because God sends Nathan to David. And David is outraged at the story that Nathan shares with him. He says, like, there's this rich man. He has all of the sheep, you know. And then there's a poor man that has only one sheep. And a traveler's coming, and instead of taking one of his sheep, he actually steals and takes the sheep away from the, the one, the poor man who only had one. And David is outraged. He says, that's not right. Let me kind of paraphrase it. That doesn't make sense. Why would he do that? And David is outraged. And of course, he learns that the, 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 the man is actually him. And if you want to read more about that story, go to 2 Samuel chapter 12. But you see, it's part of our DNA, is it? That things just aren't right and things need to be made right. The problem is we all know that justice matters, but we find it not only difficult, but sometimes downright impossible to achieve it. And that's due to our own inadequacies. Like, we, we don't know what to do. There's a broken signpost called justice. And no matter how hard we strive to live up to it, we fail. Why? Because we have placed our trust in a signpost that's pointing us in the wrong direction. What's happening is we're listening to what the world says. This is just. This is how you do this. This is how you must live. And we're saying, like, that doesn't make sense. And the reason it doesn't make sense is because the world is pointing us in a wrong direction. Humans have worshipped their own creation. And these idols have taken over. The one who brings death itself, Satan, stands behind all injustice and the wickedness in the world. The enemy is continually trying to point us away from the one true God. We are placing our trust in the world's system or creation of justice rather than God's. And that's what's happening, and that's what's taking place in the world today. And so the Gospel of John, which is going to be the foundation for this series, the next seven weeks, depicts a God of justice who has come into the world to put things right or to make things as they should be. Remember the definition of justice? It's making things as they should be. And John talks about God sending his son into the world to put things right or to make things as they should be. So where the world points us this way and say, this is how you have to live. Jesus points us this way. That's what we're going to be talking about. The call is to trust him and to walk in his ways as justice bringers. We'll talk about that term in just a few moments. But listen to John chapter 3. And I just encourage you to make the Gospel of John part of, part of your reading, especially these next seven weeks. But John chapter 3 says this, And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. Who is the light? Everybody say Jesus. Jesus, right? The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come into the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. 
And then John chapter 12. Now, now is the judgment of the world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. There's a story in the Bible, and I'm going to tell, you, tell it to you. For many of you, you will recognize it. But there's a demand for justice to be done. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do, because oftentimes I've asked you, and I've said, look, put yourself into the story, right? So practice that when you're reading the Bible. So you read the Bible about, say, the, uh, the Good Samaritan. Put yourself into that parable. Put yourself into that story. Put yourself in there. Um, the feeding of the 5,000. But I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit different this morning. And it's this. I'm going to ask you just to be an observer of this story. And I'm going to ask you to silently kind of stand back and just listen to what's going on in this story and not say anything. Now, if you're a grandparent or you're a parent and you go to your kid's soccer game, you go to your kid's volleyball game or baseball game, right, I doubt that you are silent. At least we weren't, those parents that were silent. But I'm going to ask you to kind of be silent as you're observing this story. In John chapter 8, we read about the religious leaders who catch a woman in adultery. And as we're watching, here's what happens. These religious leaders of the day bring that woman to Jesus. And they're doing it for a specific reason, to test Jesus, just to see what he would do and if they could trap him. But there's something else going on here. There are a number of things going on. And they bring this woman to Jesus, and they said, justice demands that we stone her. And you remember the story, um, kind of what happens next. Jesus, he leans down and He's about to expose their hypocrisy, right? Now, remember, we're just kind of watching. We're listening to what's going on. We're watching Jesus right on the ground. And then we watch him again write something. And whatever he writes, no one, no one really knows. And really knows what he says. But all of a sudden, we watch is what happens. Silently, the religious leaders turned away. Their hypocrisy is exposed. There was this demand that this is what we must do. This is what must happen to this woman who was caught in sin. And they all leave, and now it's just Jesus and the woman. And here's what we're watching, what happens. Watching grace and truth and mercy takes place. You know what's interesting about this story? The woman was a sinner. Jesus calls her. like, don't, don't, don't sin anymore. You go and don't sin anymore. Where are your accusers? Well, they're gone. I don't condemn you either. Now go and sin no more. But here's what I want you to see as an observer. Um, the brokenness of this demand that this is what you have to do. This is broken. If you were a, an observer, as you are, you were going to point someone in this direction to this broken system, or are you going to point them to Jesus who deals with the heart? Which way are you going to point someone to? Which way? To the world system that has a demand, justice built on what the world says? You have to say it this way. You have to do it this way. Or are you going to point them to Jesus who changes the heart and changes a life 
And you go on with life with a brand new purpose in life. Which way will you drift a person? I think we'll point them to Jesus. The good news that John writes about and we see here is that Jesus came to restore this broken world and recreate it in its original good form. The enemy will be revealed, the enemy will be overcome, and eventually destroyed. But you and I, who people whose hearts have been changed by Jesus, we have a brand new purpose in life as what N.T. Wright has referred to as justice bringers. The God of justice releases us to do three things. Number one, here they are, to trust God day to day as we live in a broken world. The world is broken. And when you get up tomorrow morning, the world will still be broken. We live in a broken world, but simply put, we win because God wins, because the God of justice has sent his son Jesus into the world today. And you and I, as justice bringers, people with a brand new purpose in the life, have the joy of pointing people to Jesus who recreates that person, who, who grants them a brand new heart and a brand new purpose in life. This is what we get to do. We move away from pointing people to a broken system to Jesus who recreates a life. The God of justice releases number two from the world's broken system of justice. You have to say it this way. You have to do it this way. It's broken. We're released from that. The God of justice releases us to live out our purpose in life as a justice bringer. Listen to it right again. One of the beautiful things that distinguishes the Christian idea of justice from others is as participatory. We are part of bringing it about. Once Jesus has done what he has to do, he will send the Spirit upon his followers so that through our witness, a new sort of justice will be born. Again, it's what we get to do. We get to point people in the right direction. John chapter 16, verse 8. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Did you get that? Like he lost. We win because God wins. We live in a world in which by the Spirit, those who follow Jesus are commissioned and equipped to be new creation people, justice people, hope-giving people for a world where injustice still reigns. We have the privilege of pointing people to Jesus. As justice bringers, we speak of the hope that is found only in Jesus and the victory that he has won over the enemy. With the resurrection, a broken signpost has been put right. The risen Jesus has won the victory over injustice. He now sends his followers with the good news of the gospel. And finally, the world says that this is what must happen for justice. God says, I've already accomplished all through my son. All you need to do is trust me. Like, this is what has to happen. <clears throat> this is broken. This is the direction that the Bible <coughs> points us to. So let me, let me share with you just two questions this morning as we wrap up. 
we are to live in the freedom of the victory that has been secured through Christ. So two applications. Number one, consider the love of your trust in the God of justice. Do you trust him? The one who has put things right, the one who has made things as they should be, do you trust him? Or do you sometimes find yourself kind of slipping over here to this broken signpost, this direction that the world points is, do you trust him? No matter um, the persecution that you may face, do you trust him? Number two, where can you live as a justice bringer? To whom can you be a witness of God's grace and mercy? Now, I would submit to you that we have that opportunity each and every day. Every day to be justice bringers. Here's how we do it. We say, this is how we're going to live. Jesus is the answer. he's, He's the answer to all of the world's problems. He's the answer to the injustice in the world today. I shared in my um, newsletter, if you, if you get it, if not, uh, you can sign up for it, um, a great resource. It's called BibleRef.com, and you might just want to jot that down. It's a great place. It's a free resource that you can go to that will help you understand um, much of what the Bible is saying. Um, BibleRef.com says this about this woman at the well store, or the woman caught in the adultery story, Christ question here sets up his response in the next verse. This is an instance of forgiveness, not ignorance. Jesus is not going to claim that the woman is innocent or that her sin is trivial. On the contrary, Jesus will explicitly refer to her behavior as sinful, even as he demonstrates how mercy is meant to take precedence over retribution, even under the Old Testament law. Do you hear what's being said? It's all about God's mercy. It's all about the mercy of Jesus that brings brand new life, that recreates a person. You and I, when we head out here today and we go to wherever we're going to go tomorrow, we have the joy of pointing people that direction toward Jesus. This way is broken. But as we live as justice bringers, you and I will be pointing pointing people to Jesus, the only one who can change a heart, the only one who can deal with, with the injustice in the world today because he is a God of justice. Amen. We're going to join together in communion. And uh, hope that you grab your communion element um, as you came in. And uh, even as I hope you did, (laughs) I forgot mine. So um, I'm going to lead you through it in just a moment. What we're going to do is we're going to sing. And I'm going to invite you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to invite you. While we sing, um, worship team leads us, to take communion um, as you will. Some of you early on in the song will take communion. As we reflect upon the cross again today, others, um, you might wait till the end. But wherever you feel led, I'm going to invite you um, to receive communion. Um, I'm going to pray. Uh, The team is going to come out. We're just going to pause, and we're going to say, God, thank you that in your mercy, you saved me. You, thank you. Oh, thank you, Bob. You brought justice to the world um, through your son, Jesus. I, I don't know, oh, as I reflect on God sending his son, Jesus, I'm just overwhelmed with that thought, overwhelmed with it. But that's what it took. That's what it took. And we're sitting here as brand new people 
who have experienced the cross and the resurrection in our life. Brand new people who have a brand new purpose in life because of what Jesus has done. Amen. So as we sing, you can sit, you take communion, you just reflect upon the cross, and let's give him thanks today. And then let's go out of this place as justice bringers as we point people to Jesus, the one who sacrificed for you and for me.